Hi everyone, welcome to our second podcast. We are YouthCast Voices and we're a group of students and we'll be making podcasts talking about youth-related issues such as social stigmas, mental health, and struggles with student life during the pandemic. And today we're going to be talking about youth homelessness. My name is Asia. I'm Maddie. And I'm Carly. So the reason we decided to talk about youth homelessness for today's podcast is because it's not a topic that's talked about very often and a lot of people aren't very familiar about how many people it really affects, but 20% of the Canadian homelessness population are youth between ages of 13 and 24. Since we're in that age range, we thought it was very important to talk about and educate others and ourselves about this topic. So you guys might be wondering what exactly is youth homelessness? So youth homelessness refers to young people who are living independently of parents and or caregivers and lack many of the social supports that are deemed necessary for the transition from childhood to adulthood. So in such circumstances, they don't have a stable or consistent residence of source or of income, and nor do they necessarily have adequate access to the support networks necessary to foster a safe and nurturing transition into the responsibilities of adulthood. So there are many different reasons why youth could end up in these kind of situations. For example, violence and abuse inside of the home and also the cost of living. Street youth, unlike adults experiencing homelessness, leave homes defined by relationships so both social and on economic fronts in which they're typically dependent upon adult caregivers, whether they're parents or relatives. And it's been found that a high percentage of youth experiencing homelessness were also in the care of a child protection services. And 77.5% of youth experiencing homelessness reported that their inability to get along with their parents played a significant role in why they left home. So it's clear that kind of their inability to get along with their parents or their caregivers kind of led them to this situation. Along with that, 24% of those staying in youth shelters in Toronto identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community. So you can assume that it's because of the relationships or lack thereof that the youth shares with their caregivers that they feel the need to leave their homes. So like Carly and Addie said, a lot of youth choose to leave home because of their circumstances, but less than 6% are homeless by choice. Also, a common misconception about homeless youth is that they all live on park benches or are living outside during the day and sleeping outside, but that's not true in the majority of cases. These kids and teens may be temporarily living in hostels, staying with friends, living in squats, renting cheap rooms in boarding houses or even hotels, or actually living on the streets, like Carly said, although that's not always the case. They may also be living with relatives while at constant risk of losing their shelter. And the reality is that over the course of time, many youth experiencing homelessness move between those various housing situations and the instability of housing is partially what characterizes their homelessness. Oh, those reasons could add on to why we aren't really hearing about it or seeing it much. And even people we know or are close to could be struggling with these things and we might never know. Clearly, it's really important to be aware of these types of situations and how many people are really affected by it, whether it's known or not. 
So usually when I am walking down the street and I see a homeless person, they tend to be like on the older side. Like I usually don't see a lot of youth. So that could really add on to us being kind of blind to like what is happening with the youth. Yeah. And like Eddie mentioned, a lot of the homeless youth are staying with their friends or renting out cheap rooms for the night. So it's a lot less well known to the public of what these younger people are going through. Also, many times people are often kind of embarrassed if they're ever in that situation. It's not something that people necessarily want to talk about as like a conversation starter, of course. So it's just obviously that's probably why we're so blinded by it. I mean, there's not much discussion about it in the first place. So another reason for like the higher age of youth homelessness, like 18 to 24 and such, is unemployment. And when people are unemployed and on the streets, it's very hard for them to get out of the situation since they don't have proper clothes, they don't have a street address to put on their resume, they don't have a cell phone to contact different places, like they don't have Wi-Fi and such, and they don't really have transportation to get to maybe like a job interview that they need to do a little further away from where they are. So those could really just keep them in homelessness as well. It's interesting because there are a lot of stigmas related to that, including when people hear about someone being homeless, they're like, oh, well, just go get a job. But they don't really know anything about it and the struggles there are when people are living in certain circumstances. Yeah. And especially for like the employers, the stigma is a lot because they'll see someone maybe with not the best clothes on. So they would really just push them aside and look for someone who's very well dressed and who looks very classy. There's this whole cycle of kind of like, once you're homeless, it's really hard to kind of reverse that. And like Asia said, get a job and because you're so disadvantaged. So there, it kind of goes in a whole cycle where once you're homeless, it's really hard to get out of that and to put yourself in a financially stable position where you can support yourself, especially at such a young age. There are many stigmas and myths that surround youth homelessness and homelessness in general. So I think it's really important for everyone to learn the facts and to break the stigmas to allow people to talk more openly about their experiences and be more understanding of people in these situations. A big stigma with homeless people is that they're on drugs or they're heavy drug users and that they would use the money that they get from people donating to them on drugs. But in a lot of cases, people may seem high or on drugs because they have some sort of mental illness that they're able to treat or be treated for. So about 40% of the homeless are estimated to be struggling with mental health. Many youth also linked their homelessness to mental health and health issues that went untreated due to the limited availability of supports and services. Relating to mental health as well, a lot of youth who are homeless don't have emotional support or kind of that sort of family support. So at a young age, when you most need that guidance in your life and kind of direction in your life, it would probably be really difficult to kind of navigate your next steps um, moving forward or trying to get out of the situation you're in and move forward on in life and find a better path for yourself. And another point is youth getting put on the streets, put them in such a 
vulnerable position that they could be subjected to things like human trafficking or get very desperate that they have to get money in a lot of harmful ways like selling drugs or selling maybe even their body. And speaking on that vulnerability, many homeless youth are scared, feel kind of just alone and lack the confidence that comes with growing up in a caring environment. A little bit earlier in the podcast, Asia mentioned the difficulty homeless youth have finding jobs and making money, but there are also many other challenges that they face in their daily lives being homeless youth. One of the challenges they might face is that the younger population of homeless youth might lack an adequate elementary and secondary school education, which could lead to greater and more severe problems later on in their lives. Also adding on to that, problems with physical health, behavior health, and general well-being are also a factor to consider, as many of them are obviously disadvantaged and just don't have the necessary resources. So physical health, like even going to the dentist or behavioral health, like kind of learning societal norms and just following what's generally accepted by society, as cliche as it sounds, and then also general well-being. So just kind of making sure that they have really good mental health and making sure that the situation they're living in doesn't affect them to the point where they're unable to better themselves in the future. And to add on to their challenges, they could also be in and out of the justice system, which may cause a lot of trauma and add on to their mental health issues. I think it's important to recognize how youth homelessness can affect minority groups differently. For example, we already talked about the LGBTQ2S plus community, but it can also have significant effects on the Indigenous youth. Homelessness amongst Indigenous people can be traced back to factors such as historical trauma, oppression, racism, and discrimination. With those factors, Indigenous youth are already at a disadvantage, which puts them more at risk to being susceptible to worse conditions when homeless. Now that we've learned how homelessness can affect different groups of people and the stigmas surrounding youth homelessness, I think it's important for us to learn and talk about what we can do to help the homeless youth. It's best to leverage resources such as drop-in centers, street outreach programs, and public systems, and that includes child welfare, criminal justice, schools, community programs, and other youth-serving systems to quickly identify and engage at-risk children and to intervene early to reduce the duration and impact of homelessness. So ways to help when normality resumes is by volunteering at places like food banks, shelters, and soup kitchens. Also, it's helpful to know where there are charities in your neighborhood around Toronto and in the greater Toronto area that offer services helping homeless youth. And that includes places like Youth Without Shelter, Covenant House, Raising the Roof, Ava's Initiatives for Homeless Youth, and all of these are charities that are dedicated to helping Toronto's youth. And to our viewers and listeners, please consider donating to these charities or others alike to help this cause. So now that we've learned this stuff, it is important to stay informed and stay educating yourselves and also continue to help in the ways we've mentioned. So as donating and volunteering okay so i think we're gonna wrap up the podcast now 
Thank you guys so much for listening to our second podcast. Make sure you stay up to date on our Instagram and on our website because we'll be posting many more podcasts shortly. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hi, everyone. Welcome to our second podcast. We are YouthCast Voices, and we're a group of students, and we'll be making podcasts talking about youth-related issues such as social stigmas, mental health, and struggles with student life during the pandemic. And today we're going to be talking about youth homelessness. My name is Asia. I'm Addie. And I'm Carly. So the reason we decided to talk about youth homelessness for today's podcast is because it's not a topic that's talked about very often and a lot of people aren't very familiar about how many people it really affects, but 20% of the Canadian homelessness population are youth between ages of 13 and 24. Since we're in that age range, we thought it was very important to talk about and educate others and ourselves about this topic. So you guys might be wondering what exactly is youth homelessness? So youth homelessness refers to young people who are living independently of parents and or caregivers and lack many of the social supports that are deemed necessary for the transition from childhood to adulthood. So in such circumstances, they don't have a stable or consistent residence of source or of income, and nor do they necessarily have adequate access to the support networks necessary to foster a safe and nurturing transition into the responsibilities of adulthood. So there are many different reasons why youth could end up in these kind of situations. For example, violence and abuse inside of the home and also the cost of living. Street youth, unlike adults experiencing homelessness, leave homes defined by relationships So both social and on economic fronts in which they're typically dependent upon adult caregivers, whether they're parents or relatives. And it's been found that a high percentage of youth experiencing homelessness were also in the care of a child protection services. And 77.5% of youth experiencing homelessness reported that their inability to get along with their parents played a significant role in why they left home. So it's clear that kind of their inability to get along with their parents or their caregivers kind of led them to this situation. Along with that, 24% of those staying in youth shelters in Toronto identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community. So you can assume that it's because of the relationships or lack thereof that the youth shares with their caregivers that they feel the need to leave their homes. So like Carly and Addie said, a lot of youth choose to leave home because of their circumstances, but less than 6% are homeless by choice. Also, a common misconception about homeless youth is that they all live on park benches or are living outside during the day and sleeping outside, but that's not true in the majority of cases. These kids and teens may be temporarily living in hostels, staying with friends, living in squats, renting cheap rooms in boarding houses or even hotels, or actually living on the streets, like Carly said, although that's not always the case. They may also be living with relatives while at constant risk of losing their shelter. And the reality is that over the course of time, many youth experiencing homelessness move between those various housing situations and the instability of housing is partially what characterizes their homelessness. So those reasons could add on to why we aren't really hearing about it or seeing it much. And even people we know or are close to could be struggling with these things and we might never know. 
clearly it's really important to be aware of these types of situations and how many people are really affected by it, whether it's known or not. So usually when I am walking down the street and I see a homeless person, they tend to be like on the older side. Like I usually don't see a lot of youth. So that could really add on to us being kind of blind to like what is happening with the youth. Yeah. And like Addie mentioned, a lot of the homeless youth are staying with their friends or renting out cheap rooms for the night. So it's a lot less well known to the public of what these younger people are going through. Also, many times people are often kind of embarrassed if they're ever in that situation. It's not something that people necessarily want to talk about as like a conversation starter, of course. So it's just obviously that's probably why we're so blinded by it. I mean, there's not much discussion about it in the first place. So another reason for like the higher age of youth homelessness, like 18 to 24 and such, is unemployment. And when people are unemployed and on the streets, it's very hard for them to get out of the situation since they don't have proper clothes, they don't have a street address to put on their resume, they don't have a cell phone to contact different places, like they don't have Wi-Fi and such, and they don't really have transportation to get to maybe like a job interview that they need to do a little further away from where they are. So those could really just keep them in homelessness as well. It's interesting because there are a lot of stigmas related to that, including when people hear about someone being homeless, they're like, oh, well, just go get a job. But they don't really know anything about it and the struggles there are when people are living in certain circumstances. Yeah. And especially for like the employers, the stigma is a lot because they'll see someone maybe with not the best clothes on. So they would really just push them aside and look for someone who's very well dressed and who looks very classy. There's this whole cycle of kind of like once you're homeless, it's really hard to kind of reverse that. And like Asia said, get a job and because you're so disadvantaged. So there, it kind of goes in a whole cycle where once you're homeless, it's really hard to get out of that and to put yourself in a financially stable position where you can support yourself, especially at such a young age. There are many stigmas and myths that surround youth homelessness and homelessness in general. So I think it's really important for everyone to learn the facts and to break the stigmas to allow people to talk more openly about their experiences and be more understanding of people in these situations. A big stigma with homeless people is that they're on drugs or they're heavy drug users and that they would use the money that they get from people donating to them on drugs. But in a lot of cases, people may seem high or on drugs because they have some sort of mental illness that they are able to treat or be treated for. So about 40% of the homeless are estimated to be struggling with mental health. Many youth also link their homelessness to mental health and health issues that went untreated due to the limited availability of supports and services. Relating to mental health as well, a lot of youth who are homeless don't have emotional support or kind of that sort of family support. So at a young age, when you most need that guidance in your life and kind of direction in your life, it would probably be really difficult to kind of navigate your next steps um, moving forward or trying to get out of the situation you're in and move forward on in life and find a better path for yourself. And another point is youth getting put on the streets, put them in such a 
vulnerable position that they could be subjected to things like human trafficking or get very desperate that they have to get money in a lot of harmful ways like selling drugs or selling maybe even their body. And speaking on that vulnerability, many homeless youth are scared, feel kind of just alone and lack the confidence that comes with growing up in a caring environment. A little bit earlier in the podcast, Asia mentioned the difficulty homeless youth have finding jobs and making money, but there are also many other challenges that they face in their daily lives being homeless youth. One of the challenges they might face is that the younger population of homeless youth might lack an adequate elementary and secondary school education, which could lead to greater and more severe problems later on in their lives. Also adding on to that, problems with physical health, behavior health, and general well-being are also a factor to consider, as many of them are obviously disadvantaged and just don't have the necessary resources. So physical health, like even going to the dentist or behavioral health, like kind of learning societal norms and just following what's generally accepted by society as cliche as it sounds, and then also general well-being. So just kind of making sure that they have really good mental health and making sure that the situation they're living in doesn't affect them to the point where they're unable to better themselves in the future. And to add on to their challenges, they could also be in and out of the justice system, which may cause a lot of trauma and add on to their mental health issues. I think it's important to recognize how youth homelessness can affect minority groups differently. For example, we already talked about the LGBTQ2S plus community, but it can also have significant effects on the Indigenous youth. Homelessness amongst Indigenous people can be traced back to factors such as historical trauma, oppression, racism, and discrimination. With those factors, Indigenous youth are already at a disadvantage, which puts them more at risk to being susceptible to worse conditions when homeless. Now that we've learned how homelessness can affect different groups of people and the stigmas surrounding youth homelessness, I think it's important for us to learn and talk about what we can do to help the homeless youth. It's best to leverage resources such as drop-in centers, street outreach programs, and public systems, and that includes child welfare, criminal justice, schools, community programs, and other youth-serving systems to quickly identify and engage at-risk children and to intervene early to reduce the duration and impact of homelessness. So ways to help when normality resumes is by volunteering at places like food banks, shelters, and soup kitchens. Also, it's helpful to know where there are charities in your neighborhood around Toronto and in the greater Toronto area that offer services helping homeless youth. And that includes places like Youth Without Shelter, Covenant House, Raising the Roof, Ava's Initiatives for Homeless Youth, and all of these are charities that are dedicated to helping Toronto's youth. And to our viewers and listeners, please consider donating to these charities or others alike to help this cause. So now that we've learned this stuff, it is important to stay informed and stay educating yourselves and also continue to help in the ways we've mentioned. So as donating and volunteering okay so i think we're gonna wrap up the podcast now 
Thank you guys so much for listening to our second podcast. Make sure you stay up to date on our Instagram and on our website because we'll be posting many more podcasts shortly. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.